When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Least Talk Forever, episode two. Uh, we're getting right into it with the segment that we are taking from Cue the Ducks Boats Pod. Uh, we're calling it the Jersey Number segment, where each of us chooses our favorite leaf to wear that number. Obviously, episode two. Let's get it started with your favorite number two in Leafs history, Scott. Uh, my favorite number two in Leafs history is uh, Wade Belak. Was a solid physical player who could play forward and defense. Uh, would love to fight, love to hit. He was an energizer and a fan favorite. Yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say mine is uh, mine's Mark Fraser. He had a short time with the Leafs. Um, big, bulky defenseman. Wasn't afraid to get physical, fight whoever. Yeah, I mean, he was a great, great guy, great player. And uh, he's moved on now. Uh, two things. Rest in peace to Wade Belak. Um, you're right, Scott. Great guy. Uh, Mark Frazier actually is part of the Leafs. Uh, I think he's like the diversity com- uh, committee leader for the Leafs, which is pretty cool. Um, my favorite Leaf to wear number two, Luke Shen. I feel like the Leafs brought him in a little early. Could have been super talented, super good on the back end. He's showing that now with the staple uh, defensive defensive skills that he has. Uh, Scott's got a little extra for us, talking about some classics for the uh, people that were born or watched hockey before 2000. Yeah, can't forget the classic Leafs and uh, Ian Turnbull and Carl Brewer, two of the greatest Leafs defensemen of all time. So just throwing that in there for the older fans who may not have appreciated us choosing newer players. So just throw, yeah, just so we have that covered. Classic. Carl Brewer, Ian Turnbull. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our new segment, uh, calling it Headlines, where we'll talk about current and up-to-date trends or stories within the league, Uh, starting with uh, the unfortunate passing of one of the greatest hockey players, goal scorers of all time, in Mike Bossy, New York Islanders legend. So it's uh, unfortunate to hear the news a couple weeks ago, last week, that he, he... uh, was sick and hospitalized, and then today it broke that he unfortunately passed away. So thoughts sent out to his family and friends, and uh, yeah, loss of a legend. Uh, I also want to add the older Islanders fans. Uh, they lost uh, Clark Gillies not too long ago, too. It's an unfortunate time to be uh, an Islanders fan from the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of... Uh, unfortunate passings recently for them so now uh to move on we're going to move into more upbeat um current stories with current players uh, and uh austin matthews 60 goal watch 
currently at 58 and uh, hasn't had any in the last couple games, but hopefully coming in the next two or three games, depending, he can get to that mark and be the first player since Steven Samkos to get that in the season. What do you guys think about this? Uh, I I am thoroughly impressed, but Kyle, I know you touched on this last last week, so I'll get your take on it. Yeah, um, I I definitely think he can do it. If not tomorrow night, then it'll be Sunday for sure. And I'm excited because I really want to see it happen at home in Toronto on uh, Easter weekend. It'd be pretty crazy to see that happen against the Islanders. So I'm hoping he kind of delays it, even though the Leafs basically are a home team in Ottawa as well because of how many fans we have there. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see it happen Sunday. It'd be pretty crazy. It's also worth noting that uh, he scored his 100th point as a Leaf. Um, first time he's done that, but he's the third Leaf to record 100 points, and I believe the youngest one. Uh, I believe actually he got uh, 101, right, Scott? Yeah, he's at 101 now with uh, yeah. two assists. The other two obviously being Doug Gilmore and Daryl Siddler. And he is the youngest, two. I think. Yeah, I think... Gilmore was in his late 20s and Sittler was in around 30, I think, when they did it. So, yeah, he, he obviously leave to do it. I mean, there's only been two other players. So, um, but yeah, 100 points, looking for 60 goals. Things are looking up for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which within the last 10 years hasn't really been a pleasure to watch because of the lack of star power. But yeah, now that we have him, it's only going to get better. Things are also looking up for the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brian Mudrick mentioned that during the, the broadcast on Washington, that Carey Price uh, coming back either this coming game or the next. So, yeah, that's a huge story. Uh, he actually, I think he is playing tonight against the Islanders, which is, I mean, incredible after an injury that should have only kept him on apparently four to six plus uh, – Entering rehab for a personal issue. Good for him. I'll just add into your guys' point here, and I'll just uh, just g- give a little update. It is currently two nothing Islanders with eleven minutes left in the third period, and Price has stopped twelve of fourteen shots. So it's a little update for you guys, just to bring bring a uh, bring some news to that topic. Uh, yeah. So. Hopefully he can uh, rebound and uh, he's not continuing to struggle with his issues uh, because he's the, one of the greatest goalies in the last 20-plus years. And he's big loss for the game if he's not involved in it. I also heard um, people are betting on, uh, I don't know, the, the price or the over-under or whatever it is, but uh, people are betting on him getting a shutout tonight. So, unfortunately, he did. Uh, still good to see him back in game action. Question for you about Care Price, though. You guys think uh, it's going to be pretty impossible to move ten point five million per year for till twenty twenty six? But you guys think he's moved next year, or you think he's still on the team? I think he's. Uh, I, I think he's still on the team just because of that huge contract he has. Ten point five, you said, is uh, it's pretty big, and to, to retain. Uh, Retain a salary like that for a team, you'd I don't know what you would do. You'd have to we've seen trades where you've had three teams involved just so that third team can retain part of the salary for 
a draft pick from one team. So I, I, that's the only way I think it gets done is if you add a third team in there to take away salary from the trade. But I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Arizona, maybe? Uh, no, I'd, I'd agree with Kyle. I think it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, the, the, the size of the contract matters, but I think he's a Montreal Canadian for life. I don't see them moving him, even if he plays backup. I mean, that contract is, is pretty big to be a backup, but I feel like being the fan favorite that he is and and the, how everybody's rallied up behind him during the struggle he's had, I, I don't think that they're necessarily going to move him. I think they're going to want to keep or going to try to keep him until he he's done. He's been the face of the franchise for so long. So, I mean, I feel like someone like that, it's kind of like a, uh, you might, you might have to get rid of him eventually, but I feel like it's kind of like the, the Kyle Lowry situation where the Raptors eventually moved him, but the, he said he was going to retire a Raptor and all this and, Eventually he moved on, but yeah, I, I think Carey Price could is someone comparable to Kyle Lowry for the for Carey Price for the Montreal Canadiens, like Kyle Lowry for the Raptors. Speak about Raptors. Good luck to you guys tomorrow. Uh, I think they open up their playoffs against the uh, 76ers. People are saying they're going to get swept. Shaq. Um, I don't know. I think they. Uh, I think they might uh, might be able to pull out the the win. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I had them not even making the playoffs this year, so it's it's pleasantly surprised when they did. But I don't think uh, that they're quite ready to push a team like Philadelphia to six or seven games. So I think Philly Philly's going to win. I think they'll be able to put up a fight for sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, if, if they come at around one with a the series win against Philadelphia, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Raptors started the year off towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference, so if they they finish with a even a first round where they don't get swept. That's that's pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, hopefully that's the same for the Leafs. Yeah, well, I mean, good thing about it is they both have a younger team and potentially more coming with the news of Matthew Nyes. I mean, wanted to go back to college, but him on the verge of breaking into the NHL when that college career is over with the Leafs will be a pretty big deal. Yeah, that shocked me a little bit because I'm pretty sure Ben Myers, uh, who just signed with Car- uh, Colorado, uh, I'm pretty sure he's from Minnesota State. And I thought potentially if, if Ben Myers does uh, sign the NHL, I think that I thought that was going to push Matthew Nyes to Toronto, but obviously it didn't. Um, but uh, the, the Ben Myers situation is kind of insane. He, he had meetings with Florida, Colorado, uh, Carolina. There's tons of teams that met with him, and he chose the team that could promise him, I guess, to be competitive in Colorado, which I was surprised by. Yeah, I feel as though now he's going back for another year. There's nothing wrong with that. The kid's only 20 years old. He's got lots of time to to uh, play with the, the team and He's trying to probably enjoy the last couple of years of, of junior for himself. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. He's still um, growing. He's not fully developed. So he's 205 pounds right now. You could see him at 
more of a uh, more of a Matthews figure in a couple of years. But yeah. Yeah, yeah Matthews I mean, on that line. Or Matthew Knight's on the line with Matthews would be nice. Yeah. Or just him in the lineup in general, I think would be nice. It was a little disappointing when I heard it because it seemed like everybody was hyping it up that he was going to sign with the Leafs. But, I mean, can't really do much about it because he wants to stay in college. So, but yeah, when he does make the team, it'll add even more excitement to an already exciting team. You know, it wasn't exciting. The game against Buffalo. Yeah, that that game was uh, it was just so disappointing. Oh my gosh, what is it with us playing Buffalo? What was it? The Heritage Classic when we lost in them last, and that game was similar to the game on Tuesday. It's like this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I think we've lost uh, three times to them this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely wasn't our best effort, especially coming off all the games that we've had played in the last couple of weeks. The high scoring, high offense, not including the Florida game, but it was still exciting. And then to go into Buffalo and just crap the bed and have them dominate play was kind of a kind of a disappointment. Buffalo is looking really good though with their future, like Tage Thompson. Um, they got a young defenseman, Bryson. He's pretty good. Yoki Haru and uh, what's his name? Owen Power. He made his debut. Yeah, and and he got Payne Krebs and uh, oh Jack Quinn uh, with uh, with Tage Thompson. That would be, that'd be insane. Um, but that fits into this to the situation with Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit among uh, LA's in that category now. Uh, they've got young teams. All they need to do is build around this young team, adding veterans, adding players that can help them win. And uh, I think that they might actually find some success. Hopefully, fingers crossed, push Boston out down the road, a couple years down the road, and have Boston push Boston into a situation where they actually need to re- rebuild a little bit a little bit, rather than retool. Well, yeah, that's true, but I mean, the, the Toronto division is going to look so good in a few years. Like, you'll have Toronto, Tampa, Florida, Boston, who are already good, probably still competing. And then you're going to have Montreal, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, who are only going to get better through drafts, signings, development. So that, that division is going to become tough for any of the teams currently competing that may fall off like Boston or may not have the best of seasons in the coming years. Now, we just talked about a unfortunate event where the Leafs did not play good at all against Buffalo. Now, let's talk about how that Washington game went because, wow, that was, that was quite something. Yeah, Tom Wilson, huh? Yeah, complete, complete turnaround from the Buffalo game where they played like crap to dominating one of the best teams in the last five, six, seven years. Like, uh, there were there were and, moments in the... Cool. In the last five, six, seven games, I'm pretty sure they, they were on a five-game winning streak beating teams like Tampa and Boston. And then oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Them. But, like, there was moments in the game where Washington capitalized on mistakes by the Leafs, but majority of the game, the Leafs had it in the bag where they were 
applying pressure, keeping it in Washington's zone. It was a high-paced physical game, and Toronto seems to to really like playing that style. So hopefully they can keep it up going into the playoffs. Yeah. Let's just speak on Tom Wilson for a second. If you're going to run Jack Campbell, although people can say that he was under the crease and Jack Campbell says he was making a hockey play, but if you're going to run the goalie, that's that's the starter for a team, you better be prepared to answer the bell. And I'm not talking about Kyle Clifford. I'm talking about Wayne Simmons, who now this is two games in a row that you've played Toronto that you're scared. It looks like you're scared to fight him. You guys play on the 24th. I would love to see Wayne Simmons kick the living shit out of Wayne, uh, out of Tom Wilson because he, that is what he deserves as a player. He is too cocky. He goes around thinking that his shit don't stink. And the NHL P, or the player, uh, player safety department does not do anything to him. Where was the fine for running for running Jack Campbell last night? I, I he didn't even get a hearing. He didn't he didn't get anything. What was that about? Well, I mean, I don't think there was really much you could find him for. It was uh, goaltender? Yeah, he, definitely well, could. Yeah, he, he made contact with the goalie, but you also have to consider the fact that there wasn't much space. Muzzin was there trying to push him out. Yeah, and, and Campbell he jumped. was. Leaving the crease, he jumped into that lane. Coming down, when Jack Campbell came out, he jumped around Jake, Jack, uh, Jake Muzzin to go into that lane. I don't, I don't think anyone in this, in this on this earth can tell me that that was a hundred percent intentional. Yeah, um, I mean, he didn't put in much effort to try and avoid Campbell. That's that's for sure. And with with Wilson's past, you kind of. You kind of start thinking things. So, I mean, I'm kind of on, on the same lines as you, Spencer. Like, once you get to that certain stage of having so many hearings and all this, it's kind of – you're known for your, your reputation, right? So, Isn't this part of the reason why he had an issue with the, the Rangers last year? Didn't he do almost the exact same thing, run the goalie? And then it caused him to throw who Bushnetsov's face into the ground? Did he even did he get a fine for that? Did he get a hearing for that? I don't even think so. Like Tom Wilson is a repeat offender. He's a dirty player who I'm sure he's super tough, but like at some point the Angels gotta step in and, and do something about it. You're supposed to be protecting stars, you're supposed to be protecting goalies. But when push comes to shove, it doesn't seem like they're doing that. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a reputation. I'm just saying that in that play, in that moment, it didn't seem like there was much intentional, too much intentional about it. it. Seemed like he tried to jump around Muzzin to get to the puck quicker, and then there wasn't much space after doing that to try to avoid. But I mean, he may have done it intentional. I don't know. I'm not him, but to me, it didn't seem like there was much space for him to try to avoid the contact with Muzzin and Campbell, kind of squeezing the space after Campbell jumped out of the net to try to cover the puck. Um, I still think like, I mean, obviously, yeah, he got, he got two minutes and everything was fine after the two minutes, but I still think like, even going back to when he was tripping on the bench, like who was it in the, was it Patrick Maroon in Tampa with Wayne Simmons and they, and they got what on sportsmanlike penalties or, or, um, what was it? Uh, they got 10 minute minor, didn't they? Or major, sorry. Yeah, they yeah. both got uh, ten minute misconducts for just chirping, and then Adam Lauer and Wayne Simmons line up against each other in the Winnipeg game, and they get what two or five or whatever it was, and mm. they, for nothing. But then this guy's yelling, swearing, all of this other stuff from the bench, and the refs are just blind as a bat. 
And then on top of that, you get Ryan Hartman giving Evander Kane the finger. And like, Scott, you say this all the time, and I 100% agree with you. And I, I, I've heard it from Darren Drager a lot too. Like, there's no difference than someone flipping the bird than saying it. Like, when they're by Ray Ferraro on TSN and you can hear them say, you know, F you on, on, on live TV. Or how is that just any different lips. Ryan Hartman? Well, exactly. But how is that any, like, how is that any different? Well, apparently, it was more of a, a presentation issue where you could, you, they could say that you read their lips wrong or that, I mean, the audio is kind of a different story, but most of the time it's just you trying to read their lips and you can most of the time tell what they're saying, but this is there that you couldn't really hide it. It was there on the center of everybody's TV and it was hard to kind of, from a presentation HR standpoint, it was kind of hard to cover up that he did it. Whereas if you people go on Twitter, social media say, oh, I read his lips and he said, fuck off, then the NHL could come out and say, like, you just read his lips wrong. He didn't really say it. It was kind of just a spur-of-the-moment misinterpretation, whereas the middle finger is right there. You can't really do anything to cover that up. And I, I also guess in terms of the audio, like, they're yelling at each other. The mics just happen to be there. They're not yelling into the mic. Like, it's not WWE, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And then the NHL play. could also say that they weren't yelling to a player. They were just yelling in frustration, right? They could well, always yeah. have a way to spin it where it kind of downplays it, whereas a middle finger to a player center of everybody's TV for the millions watching, you can't really spin that in any way but finding them because like, there's kids watching, there's younger people watching, right? It's so not just a sport for adults. So what you're saying is like it's different depending on whether or not like some situations you feel as though they're direct, whereas some obviously aren't as direct or that that's what you're saying based off of the oh no that's not action. what i'm saying that's just what i've, I've heard people say like on twitter okay. or social media is that that was the reasoning behind the fine is that it's it's harder to try to to make light of a middle finger as opposed to reading lips or catching audio where they could try to say like it was misinterpreted or it wasn't the audio wasn't intended for the player it was just the them yelling in frustration at the play Whereas the middle finger, you can't really do much to, to smooth it over. It's it's right there. But me, I think the fine was unnecessary. Like I mean, it, said, it turned out to be good though. Twenty thousand dollars to the like the children's hospital in Minnesota or whatever. Oh well, yeah, yeah. But like yeah, you mentioned before, I I've said that like giving someone the middle finger is no different than saying it or reading someone's lips. So I don't think yeah. he should have been kids, fined for it. Kids do that at school. Like I understand the point that the NHL is trying to put across, but like. Kids literally do that at school. How are you supposed to, like, I understand the image, but it just doesn't make any sense when they're they're trying to shield these 12-year-old kids from flipping the middle finger. I was, like, four years old and I was flipping the middle finger. Like, you learn what it is early and you just stick to it, you know? I just think that it was kind of unreasonable. It should have just been basically they call them, they have a hearing with them, whatever, and they tell them like, this is an is- issue based on our image as the NHL knock it off not a almost a five thousand dollar fine when then you get situations this year that have should have definitely been fines and they're nothing i mean in the in the moment like i understand why hartman did that like it was a big situation where your team's up five what was it five one or six one or something like that i don't know edmonton was getting killed and 
in the moment he did that. And yeah, well, Kane was also going after Kaprasov, who isn't a small guy and definitely wasn't backing down. But like Hartman had a Hartman's point was true. Like five people did jump in, although there was Edmonton players involved. He said that no one jumped in for Evander Kane, obviously, based on the situation. But um, yeah, like, I mean, Evander Kane, besides the personal issues that he's had, he was going after their star. What do they expect him to do? Just let him beat up Kaprasov and move on? Well, yeah. I mean, it happened in Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. Like, it, there, there wasn't a fine or a suspension or anything, I don't think, on that play. And it was miles and miles worse than giving someone the middle finger. So the 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 reasoning or excuses people are giving of that, it, it it's bad for the image. It's kind of bad, uh, a poor excuse when you have literally a guy uh, punching someone's face in through their skull not even a week before that. Or two weeks yeah. before that, and the and the guy's like apparently going limp, and you're still punching. Yeah, and then he puts out the picture after the game of his face looking mangled because the guy was what was announced that they were losing. Yeah, and, and Tyson Nash says, "You want to skill it up? You want to play the big boys? You better be prepared for this." Tyson Nash, what did you do in your NHL career? I know that you're not going to listen to this, but we know you as Leafs fans, and you played like what one game? Like, relax, buddy. You wish that you were Trevor Segers and Troy Terry. You're not even a Jay Beagle. Jeff Merrick made the point that you were supposed to be considering yourself into what Jay Beagle would be in. Jay Beagle's miles better than you. Like, go be an announcer for the worst NHL franchise in, in, in history and shut your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, goes, go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, no, go, go Kyle. Um, Troy Terry, he, uh, he didn't really – I don't even think he was going in there to fight. I just think he was – just going in there to kind of get him off. And he, he's not a fighter. He's a star player for the team. And it was an unfortunate situation that happened. And, I mean, it's it's too bad those two teams don't play each other the rest of this year. I mean, not you're right, but Anaheim has no tough guys anymore. Or no, I mean, they have people that can fight. But, like, the trade Nick Deloria and Josh Manson, who would have probably dummied. I mean, Nick Deloria definitely would have dummied Jay Beagle, but. Yeah, I guess Ryan gets left, but I don't think he's really going to fight. He's retiring in two weeks. Yeah. And it goes uh, back to those unwritten sports rules. Like, everybody was like, oh, Anaheim was up big, so they didn't really need to skill it up or, or continue to pile it on. I think that's just ridiculous. Poke at the goalie? Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. How many ridiculous. times a team does that happen? Uh, you can't stop a team from scoring, even if they're going to score seven, eight goals and continue scoring, then that's more on you than it is on them. Don't be mad at them because they're doing their job. Yeah, I, I 200% agree with you. Uh, just before we get back into the Washington game, uh, kind of big news, I think, two days ago, uh, Malkin cross-checked Borietsky in the face. Um, he got four games for it. And it made me realize, like, yeah, Matthews cross-checked Darlene, Malkin cross-checked Borgeski. But is it is it strange to you that it appears that the Stars are getting suspended this season? Like, I understand there's been suspensions for for everyone, kind of, in a, in a, to, an, to an extent. But, like, Malkin and Matthews, two big-name players in the league, are getting suspended. But Jay Beagle doesn't get suspended for dummying a guy or even a fine for Tom Wilson or... P.K. Saban with his 18 slew foots this year. Like, I just think that's a little weird. Like, it seems like the, the, the 
Department of Player Safety is kind of moving backwards. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of changing. Like, like you said, these star players are now getting all these fines and stuff and suspensions. And we, I don't, I don't remember about the last last year, the the year before that. But it's almost like these guys haven't gotten suspensions and all this before. Like Matthews finally sticked up for himself and he cross-checked Aline and he had enough. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird to see this nowadays, but. Well, I mean, in, in the case of Matthews and Malkin, I think suspensions were, I mean, maybe not the suspensions they got Matthews. I guess, I don't even know if you can get a one game suspension, but. I mean, Matthews did make contact with his head, even if it did graze off his shoulder first, and, and Malkin seemed to be intentional. So I don't think that you shouldn't be suspended just because you're a star player. No, I agree with that. I'm just meaning like it's... But weird. yeah, I, I noticed how yeah players like Jay Beagle doing that didn't get anything, but... Yeah, and then and the angels, like, what are we supposed to use? What are we supposed to suspend them with? Excessive roughing? And the NHL had no rebuttal, obviously, because who's gonna like, they're not going to rebuttal, but like that's not a good enough response for me is, is people are saying like the NHL didn't know what they're going to suspend them with. You're the NHL. Like, I'm sure that you can figure out a way to suspend this guy with, I mean, roughing would have worked, but you can't suspend him because quote unquote, you can't suspend him for fighting. So, I mean, I guess their hands were tied. Well, you can suspend him for roughing though. Well, I agree. But other people were saying that he was fighting. Troy Terry didn't have his gloves off, so was it actually fighting, or was it just one guy taking out his frustration because they were getting spanked? Yeah. Um. Um. No, yeah. In terms of uh, suspensions, though, I think I think there was a guy. I don't know who it was. It slows my mind, but there was a guy who got a one-game suspension just the other day. Um, I I don't know the 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 frame work of the suspension for one game but I believe you can't get suspended one game hmm. and then uh, going from one player who doesn't necessarily deserve to be in the NHL to another in the Washington game last night uh, Justin Hall finally getting scratched been calling for this for a while ever since he showed up to the Leafs and everybody deemed him the greatest defensive defenseman in the league Yeah, uh, it's yeah, game's too late, in my opinion. Should have been uh, sitting on the or in the press box a while ago. Well, he's back in the lineup this uh, coming weekend, I think, because Jake Musson apparently has some non-concussion-related injury. Well, uh, yeah, but if I mean, if he has to play, then yeah. But when Toronto has their full eight guys back with Musson back and Sandine back, I don't think he should be slotted in ahead of Lilligren or or Sandine. Yeah, well, um, Sheldon Keefe did say after, I guess, practice today or maybe last night or before yesterday's game, sorry, uh, that like Hall's been playing like hard minutes and this and that and this and that. And from what I understand is some people were interpreting as like regardless of who he's playing against, they're hard minutes for Justin Hall, not necessarily that he's playing against hard opponents, but the fact that he when he's out there, he's struggling. Yeah, so I, I think, think every minute, lines. every minute, Justin Hall's on the ice. He's struggling. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, well, I I agree. He definitely. I don't know. He he's gonna take over Muzzin's spot the next two days, and 
people need to look at him and see what he does, all the little things that add up and just little things like pucks off boards and dumb passes. He just, oh my gosh, just makes me shake my head. Yeah, he he seems, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but like confused. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know how sometimes they say keep your head up, like you're looking down? He can't look down. Like his head's always up. When the puck's in between his feet, he doesn't have, it doesn't seem like he's got the ability to look down and still control what's happening in the game. Like, there's so many times that the puck's in his feet. Like, well, that battle's lost because he can't concentrate on what's happening. Like, I understand he's an NHL player. We're not. I understand people will make the point, oh, he's top level, this, that, the other. Sure. But the eye test works wonders. For, for many sports, and Justin Hall just doesn't fit a lot of people's eye tests among the NHL and the Leafs. I don't know what, or Leafs fans, I don't know what the trauma Leafs see in this guy. And I think you might be right, Scott. He's obviously got some kind of clause in his contract that says that he's got to play so many games in a <laughs> season because <laughs> I don't know how he's still in. Well, funny, actually, I saw on Twitter today uh, some random person. So if you ever listen to this podcast, we're giving you a shout out. That uh, he doesn't understand why people don't like Justin Hall because on the penalty kill he's good at clearing out multiple lanes. That's uh, his tweet. Uh, oh. I don't know what what games he's been watching, but Justin Hall is the worst net front defender I've ever seen. Like he never really ties up his guy. He he tries to box down but ends up body checking his own goalie. He always goes into the corner. He does some stupid move where he tries to fake out the forward and pull the puck back, but then he fakes himself down and loses control of the puck, and then the other team gets the puck back. So I don't know exactly what he's been watching, but I don't agree with that tweet. He gives love taps to players that are in front of the net. He doesn't, like, put back into it or anything. I mean, like, this year they've really laid down the cross-checking rule, but, like... (laughs) Even that, he's not even going ten percent. It looks like he doesn't do much in front of the front of the net for sure. So I don't know clearing out lanes. I don't. I don't know what they're on, but yeah, I don't know. I was confused. He does clear out lanes. He does though. Like if like the, clears the goalie on the, the back net, says Marazic. <laughs> yeah, if, if the jersey on the back of the on the leaf sweater says Marazic, he's clearing that lane for the opposing uh, opposing team. And I have no idea how it. After he after he pushed his own goalie out two three times this season, I don't I don't understand how he's not in the minors. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just yeah. quick, there's some notables that we should touch on uh, before we get into more discussion. Uh, Tavares 500th assist. Uh, Scott noted that he had four in one game uh, last yeah. night, and Riley's 300th point or assist point. Yeah, three hundred point. He's the sixth Leafs defenseman to get three hundred points. So, congrats Long to you guys. The uh, Morgan Riley. As much as sometimes he frustrates me, I think that he would have been a good bid for team captain. Obviously, Matthews too. But yeah, good job, guys. And uh, I think that was last night. What might have been Michael Bunting's hundredth NHL game. So good for you as well. Yeah, uh, I just want to throw this yeah. in. We can. Uh, Definitely talk about more Justin Hall. I'll talk about him all day. Well, before we move on, do you want to do like stars of the game in our opinion? Who we thought 
oh yeah change definitely. momentum or 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 who we thought was the best of the best in the game last night yeah yeah we also need to give some love to the depth guys after the stars yeah and the three players who had potential hat tricks and Lander, bunting oh, and Mikaya. Yeah. and then our twitter feed tweeted out the smash smash brothers so gotta give oh, some yeah. love to to clifford and simmons so, well, uh, uh, yeah, you can start, Scott. Your uh, your stars of the game and why? Well, my stars are, as I previously mentioned, the the three uh, McKay of Nylander bunting, the three two goal in a game players who had the potential to get hat tricks. I feel like in the case, especially in the case of McKay, they were flying, playing really well, controlling the the offensive zone, and then obviously putting the each of them getting the two goals was huge to uh, kind of up the the stakes and and show that Toronto's on the was was on a higher level than Washington last last night. Yeah, I thought uh, I I thought Labushkin had a very underrated game. He scored his first goal as a Leaf, uh, also putting up assist, and um, and Mikheyev, yeah, like you said, Mikheyev had a really good game, and even his game as of late, it's been pretty amazing. Um, he's been really producing compared to what we've seen early on in the year and even last year. Uh, I also will, will agree with the McKayev one. I, I agree with all the points you made. That guy's just buzzing around the ice. I would love to see him compete in the fastest skater competition. I know he beat McDavid last year in a foot race, but he seems like he's just could be the fastest guy in the league. Uh, my two, obviously, Scott, I mentioned before, the Twitter page did tweet out uh, the two Smash Bros from uh, Mighty Ducks. If you haven't seen that movie, don't watch them. Don't watch the Disney series. Just watch the originals because they're much better. Um, yeah. But, yeah, definitely Simmons and Clifford. There was one play where Clifford crushed a guy in the inboard, uh, down in the corner board, and then at the half ball, Simmons just destroyed another guy. And I said, holy crap, it's the Smash Bros. And then instantly got on Twitter and tweeted that out because – those that those are the type of games that I think Toronto needs going in the playoffs. Those are the type of people that I think uh, will make a difference uh, when when the going gets tough. So they have my picks. Um, also, want to mention William Nylander. I don't hear any haters anymore. Guy's got thirty goals. I think he's one away from a career high. Uh, um, career high in points too, right? Seventy-one. Yeah, like where are you guys? You guys spent the last three weeks talking about how he got demoted and all this other BS, but like. Maybe Sheldon Keefe knew or found out that Nylander is the quarterback of his own line. Maybe he doesn't want or he can't play with another talent where he needs to worry about passing and all this. Maybe he can be that guy in the third line, which just makes Toronto deeper. I also want to just plug in McKayev, career high in goals, assists, and points, I believe. Michael Bunting, games played, goals, assists, plus minus. The guy's a plus 26 this season. Um. He's got 59, 59 points, one away from 60, so hopefully he can get that. Um, Camp, career high in goals, uh, one away from assists, I believe career high in points, also career high in uh, face-off percentage at 53. Um, and then, yeah, Ingvall. I understand why Sheldon or uh, Kyle Dubas said all these guys were, were untouchables. Um, yeah, I, I just it reminds me of the first season that Matthews and Nylander and Martin were there. Remember they were setting all those records for rookies? Uh, mm-hmm. Hyman was involved. Like It was just like uh, 
every game was a new record that they were setting and that's i mean they're not records nhl records but it's it's nice to know that we have secondary depth that can help when the stars don't show up because we know that's going to happen in the playoffs you're going to put your best defensive pairing on matthews and marner and um and lastly i just want to talk about michael bunting quick and get your guys opinion when he signed for nine nine hundred fifty thousand, he was supposed to be a bottom six guy Nick Ritchie didn't work out. We turned that into Labushkin, the Russian bear. Who doesn't love that guy? Um, but now he's got 59 points, as mentioned before. Who saw that coming? Like that's That might be the most valued contract on the lease right now. 950000 for this year, rest of this year, and next, and he's got almost 60 points. What's your take? That contract that Dubas got with him was the best contract, I think, we've ever seen Dubas get. Um, yeah, he's he's been producing, and he's been with the top line of Marner and Matthews. That line really worked out. Um, we've, we have seen other players uh, with, with Matthews and Marner, and we've seen them rotate and uh, get tested out, but Bunting's found his zone with them, and he's actually the perfect fit. I think. Um, what's your opinion on this, Scott? Uh, yeah, I've been actually really surprised. I mean, coming from Arizona, not really the greatest of hockey markets. You didn't really hear much about him, much like a lot of players who come or are on Arizona. But yeah, this and then going into this year with the he's not going to be as good as Hyman. Why would you get rid of Hyman? Uh, and then he's completely proved everybody wrong, and he's been the perfect replacement, if not a better replacement. A version of Hyman than what we had last year with Hyman. So, yeah, yeah I've been not more points than Hyman. Yeah. I think. and like he digs and he he causes stirs up the other team and and he he's like a rat. And I think yeah, quick fan favorite. I think it's anything but pleasantly surprised or or amazed at what he's done is is you're just hating on him. I want to get your takes on uh, your guys' take on two other topics. One. Uh, there's been obviously, if you guys have watched the Sportsnet feeds, there was a couple conversations, or maybe it was the TSN feeds. One of the feeds for the game said that Bunting needs to kind of relax on stirring it up in the playoffs because you don't want Marner and Matthews involved. When he stirs it up, Matthews and Marner usually aren't throwing fists and chucking knuckles and all that. They might in the playoffs, like there might be more like the Ben Chirot issue last year when they were laughing and Ben Chirot was ragged on them. But I don't think that he should be taken off the top line. What do you guys think going to the playoffs? Do you think he should dial it down, or do you think he should amp it up? I meant ramp it up. I think he should just keep playing the game that he's been playing all year. It's it's clearly working. Look how many I, – I think he's first in the league in how many penalties he's drawn. I believe I saw that stat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, keep, keep playing the game that you're playing. Usually a lot of the time you'll see him taking on a couple guys at least and – the one, the one guy will be annoyed with him, and then another guy will come in just to stir it up as well. But, yeah, keep keep playing the game that you're playing, Bunting, because clearly it's working, and it's getting the big boys on the on the power play. And, yeah, he's, he's been pretty solid, I think. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that, especially in a, in a market like Toronto where you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have fans who are ripping you for stuff that, you may not necessarily have been ripped on in other markets. So just got to worry about playing your game 
And if he continues to play like the way he's been playing, like Kyle said, then I don't see it as a problem. It's only going to be a bonus for them. I agree. I I don't think that there's really a person I would put on the top line, unless like how Keith does it when you need a goal or something you put in Elander, but it just kind of works. Uh, the other topic I want to talk to you about was I heard on Real Kipper and Bourne, shout out uh, to both those two. Um, they were talking about the, the game one lineup, and last night Ray Ferraro said your game one lineup doesn't need to be doesn't need to be the game seven of the finals lineup. If they're facing uh, Boston on like May fifth uh, when the playoffs start, who's your bottom line? Like, what of the players would you combined? Would you keep Clifford with Simmons and Blackwell? Would you put Spezza, Abrazizi? Would you call up Nick uh, Robertson from the minors? What do you guys think? I think you need to put out Simmons, Clifford, and let's say Blackwell. Um, you, you've got three solid scoring lines. So if you have a fourth line going out there and going in for a 45, one-minute shift every once in a while, I don't see no problem with that. And you need to have those guys in case in case something goes bad with one of your star players and um, you need someone to step in and fight or stick up for the team. So that, that's my take on this. Yeah, I think uh, Blackwell, Simmons, Clifford to start is the best option, especially with the uh, history and the physicality that Toronto and Boston usually play with. And uh, if you need to work Spets in every once in a while, then you can, but he can still be the voice in the locker room between games, after games, before games. He doesn't necessarily need to be in the lineup to to add to um, the the morale or the, the confidence of players. So if you need you need the physicality, so yeah, Boston or um, Simmons, Clifford, um, Blackwell to start. I, I agree with Kyle on that one. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Uh, we just got to take a quick break I mean, here. Sorry, if we play Boston, we kind of just assumed we were playing Boston. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess there is still a chance that we, we might not. Boston's kind of fallen. All marks injured. They're, they're struggling a little bit. Um, yeah, we're just going to take a quick break here. Get a word from our sponsors, and uh, when we return, we'll we'll discuss more and look at an, another segment. And now a quick word from our show sponsors and friends of Inside the Rink, Bet US. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lineups for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com Remember, get your bets in with BetUS. Again, I don't know the the ruling on using BetUS in Ontario. Betting is now legal in Ontario. So if you're of age, bet, win some money, and uh, donate to us. Um, Just kidding. Uh, So we're going into... Uh, more discussion uh, while we were talking about the Boston series and who we'd want on the last line. I remembered that Kasha skated today only for 30 minutes. Uh, he's coming off the concussion. And apparently Sandine skated before the team. 
Uh, Sandy is probably on the lineup until an injury, I would imagine, because the defense is kind of shored up here. Um, but but Kasha, would would you guys put him in, or would you kind of just do the same and just wait for an injury, or wait for one player to play bad? I don't see any problem with how the how the Leafs are going right now, so I would just stick with this lineup. I wouldn't try and play around with lines. Um, and then if it if it comes to another cold streak, or I guess Keith might want to change things up eventually. Usually they play around with it. Then maybe add Kasha in. He's a solid penalty killer, um, solid third liner. But yeah, I, I say leave it how it is now. Um, like you said, with defense, there's a lot of defense defensive depth. There's also a lot of forward depth right now. So I, I just keep it how it is, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I also agree with that. Um, like he's coming off his what third third concussion in the last couple of years, so you don't really want to rush him into anything where he could potentially get injured again. So I feel like sitting him out for now. And then if someone has a bad game or someone goes cold in the bottom six minus Nylander, then you could rotate him in. And then if he produces, then you stick with that until someone doesn't produce. But in the case of Kasha, for now, I think, yeah, you just sit him out. Don't want to risk him getting hurt again. And then when the time comes for him to come back and line up, then you play him. And for Sandine, I think you just have to sit him until he, there's a spot for him. I think that the way the lineup is right now, minus Hall with uh, Brody and, and Muzzin and Riley Labushkin and Giordano Lilligren is playing really well, all three of those pairs together. So he doesn't really fit in right now. So wait until there's an opportunity and then work your way in. Um, I, uh, I think it's a little interesting that, like I was mentioning this to you last night, Scott, we haven't had this much depth going into a playoffs since maybe 2016 when we played Washington. And uh, I was talking to you last night about it. I don't know if we came up with it, so I'm going to pitch it to Kyle. I don't think since 2016 when we made the playoffs or started making the playoffs, I don't think Toronto's went out and added uh, a defenseman like Giordano. Like usually we we added uh, Brian Boyle, we added Nick Foligno, we had Patrick Marlon on our team, we had Joe Thornton. But like the defense that we added was like Ben Hutt. How do you think you guys think Mark Giordano is going to impact this team, whether it be defense or goalies in the playoffs? Giordano has been a huge upgrade. Um, and by upgrade, I mean him basically replacing um, him replacing Dermot. So I read an article the other day actually about how he has been and what people have thought of him. And everyone's thought that he's been – the typical Giordano plus more like he's given the Leafs everything that we can get. And obviously he's not that Norris offensive defenseman like he was. Uh, I believe it was like four years ago, but um, yeah, he's been everything that we we've asked for and he's been worth what we've given up. And Blackwell was a nice addition to that trade. And yeah, I, I hope they really bring him back for another year, on a cheaper contract. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you could argue that the addition of TJ Brody happened in that period, but I think a, a, a Norris caliber 
or Norris winning defenseman coming to the Leafs in a, in a position where they, they're looking to get a pass the first round. I don't think that's happened in a while. I mean, Brian Leach was the last one, I think, and that was early early 2000s. So I think, yeah, he's he's been playing well. He's he's added stability to the back end, and he he can join the rush. He can stay behind. He can he can cover the whatever you need to cover. So I think if if they're looking to bring him back, then they absolutely should. Uh, you're right, Brian uh, T.J. Brody and um, um, Jake Muzzin also at the deadline or close to the deadline and like just before the pandemic. But I meant like. Like yeah, Joe Thornton was a captain. Yeah, Patrick Marleau was captain. Jason Spezza, I don't know if he was the captain of Ottawa, but he's a veteran. Uh, you brought in Brian Boyle, who was a veteran and a decent player when he had the chance or when he had his time. But like bringing in a, a true blue uh, veteran who was a captain on defense, like Jake Muzzin and T.J. Brody can help. But like Marjorie Dan has really seen it all. You know, he's he's one of those players that had a three-way contract. When he got uh, signed, because I don't think he got drafted, but you yeah. know, what I mean, like uh, Toronto's never really—I mean, I guess you have Brian Leach, but like in the last playoff years of the last six years or five years, they haven't really brought in that piece on defense that can kind of make things stable. Like it's—I think it would be harder for a Justin or Justin Hall. It would be harder for a Jason Spezza to tell like Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin just relax, everything's fine when he's playing forward, you know, but to have Mark Giordano sit them down and say, basically like, you're going to do this and this is how we're going to do it. I think that will help. It also takes the pressure off Sheldon Keefe being, I mean, he's not the most uh, new coach, but he hasn't had much playoff success. Uh, Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you could argue that Jake Muzzin was a leader, maybe not captain, but he was still a leader on those LA teams that won Stanley Cups. So I wouldn't say that Giordano is the first or the only solidified or solid defenseman we've added, but he is the first, I guess, past captain Norris candidate in that stretch. Uh, speaking of Jake Muzzin, was a I think he was an alternate captain. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah, but like I mean, Giordano was the captain. I don't know how, with the difference. Or if, if it even really matters that much in the locker room of who wears the C and who wears the A. But, but yeah, Muzzin was definitely a, a leader on that team. And then speaking of uh, award-winning players, uh, we have one potential award-winning player on our team with Austin Matthews. So uh, you guys want to give some predictions on what award you think he will win this season because he's in, in the running for quite a few. Uh, Art Ross, Hart Trophy, Ted Lindsay, maybe Selkie. Uh, um, maybe Stanley Cup, but that's kind of a long shot. Um, and then, obviously, did I mention the Rocket or the Rocket? If I didn't mention it, so which ones? Which ones you guys got him winning? I've got him winning the Heart and the Rocket. Uh, I think those are the most realistic for him. Um, I feel as though some of the other ones will be given to other players, just because. I don't know, but I, I just don't think the NHL is going to give him a bunch of different awards. Like, I feel as though the NHL, like other um, sports organizations or leagues, um, don't like giving out awards to one player, like a bunch of different awards to one player. So I, I think two is realistic for him. And, uh, yeah, 
That's my take on it. Spence, what you got? Uh, I got him winning um, the Hart Trophy, uh, the Rocket, because it's his race to lose. I think there's a chance that he could win the Art Ross, but my bold prediction will be the Stanley Cup. Leafs fan, but also I, I, I think as a Leafs fan, I'd love to see it, but I think that I think that if Toronto plays the way that they played last night, I think they might be feared by other teams. Uh, yeah, I have. I don't have the quite the bold prediction of Stanley Cup, but I have him winning the Hart and then the Lindsay, and then on pace to win the Rocket. Obviously, he if he leads the league in goals, he wins it automatically. But and then of the Hart or Lindsay, I think the Lindsay would happen over the Hart. Mostly because it seems like it's more players around the league who are saying Matthews, whereas it's like people on social media, reporters who are saying Matthews is having a good season, but don't forget about Huberto and McDavid and all these other players who are in the running. So I feel like he could win the Lindsay over the heart, but I I think he'll win both. Speaking of which, with the media, I heard Elliot Freeman on the radio that there's six, I believe, six or seven guys that he has on his ballot, and he's got to get it down to five, uh, some of which are Huberto, Kaprasov, uh, Shazurkin, McDavid. For Matthews. Yeah, uh, uh, Giroux, and I don't know if I said Huberto, but if I did, I believe yeah. I did, so that's the six. There might have been yeah, oh, and Sidney Crosby. Yeah, not exactly. Isn't that Giroux? No, I, sorry. Yeah, he has Goudreau and Crosby. I think that was a seven. Um, I'm I'm not exactly sure who he's going to weed out, but I'm assuming. I'd, I'd say of the list there, I'd say Kaprizov. He's a good and player, but I would, I would but imagine Crosby like Matthews and and Goudreau are having career years. Huberdeau is Goudreau, I think has a hundred even strength points. Yeah, like Huberdeau just broke records as a winger, and then Crosby is Crosby, and then Shazirkin is arguably the best going to leave this year, so I think if he's going to weed it down, I think Kaprizov would need to come off. Did you mention Giroux as well? Uh, he he has the uh, the 100 uh, even strength points. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's... I mean, what's your guys' take? Like, if it's not Matthews, and, and you were in this case, and, and Matthews' season, people are deeming good, but not heart-worthy, who would you pick? A list of five, or just who would we pick besides Matthews? Yeah, like on that list of seven, like we've we've weeded it down. We took off Kaprasov. We got six. Matthews out. Now we've got five. We've got Huberto, Giordano, nope, uh, Goudreau, uh, Shazdurkin, uh, Crosby, and uh, McDavid. I'd probably take Crosby off that as well. Um, Goudreau has to be up there for sure. Huberdo has to be there. Shesterkin has to. I'd probably say those are my top, top three. Um, yeah, like excluding Matthews or including. Yeah. Matthews? I think uh, Huberdo, McDavid, Shesterkin, and then if I had to pick one besides Matthews, I'd probably say uh, Shesterkin, mostly because he's had. A really good season. He that goals against or is it goals against or save percentage, or whatever, is the most in the modern era or highest in the modern era or whatever. Yeah, since uh, I think '98 when Dominic Asik had a nine thirty-eight, I believe, and he's got like a nine thirty-three last time I checked, which is uh, no, yeah, which is super impressive. Yeah, and he has a good win-loss record. I think 
like Huberto setting record for a winger and and uh, McDavid getting another hundred point season. I think I think it if Matthews doesn't win it, I think it goes to Shusterkin. Um, I he- I heard this argument the other day on the Blue Jays. Uh, we can discuss the Blue Jays a little bit later on, but. Buck Martinez was talking about Vladdy versus uh, Otani and talking about before the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Pat Tyler. Uh, and they were talking about the difference between outstanding and MVP. Uh, most outstanding player is Ted Lindsay. Hard is obviously the most valuable. If Matthews isn't the most valuable to his team, okay, then Shostakin because the Rangers would not be in that situation without him. But also, well, I mean, like, that I being think- said. I think the Flames wouldn't be in the situation without Goudreau, and Florida wouldn't be in the same situation without Huberdeau. But, but yeah, that is true with Huberdeau. But I think he does play second line. Like, Who, I mean, Goudreau? not like no Huberdeau. Huberdeau. Like, yeah, he does. Pretty sure he's on the second line, so it's not like, yeah, he's got seventy-one assists. Yeah, okay. But is that is that a knock against him? Like, he can still win MVP as no. a second line player. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, like you're right. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in reality, he. They deem him not as valuable to the team. If I mean, I guess you're right. Second line is still second line. I just it isn't Drysaddle on the second line, and he he won. Yeah, MVP. but he's not. He, he's yeah, but he won MVP in a season where he was playing on the first line with McDavid too. Like he was. I guess that's true. Yeah. Line. But I mean, I'm not knocking a second line player. Like Tavares had 47 goals playing on the second line. That's no way. I'm just saying. Like a lot of people are saying that's the argument against him is he's a second line. Like, he is the top line talent, but he plays on the second line. So how valuable is he is to his team if he's playing on the second line? I have counter arguments to both. But if Matthews isn't most valuable, then he's got to be most outstanding. Like he, he has to be the Ted Lindsay if he's not the heart. Like one hundred percent. Like he's got to be the most outstanding player this year. Oh yeah, like you said, but since Steven Sam Steven Stamkos, we haven't seen someone score. Uh... I'm I'm not trying to jinx it or anything because I he should hit sixty, but we haven't seen someone hit sixty since Steven Stamkos back in what did you say twenty ten or something like that twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, something like that twenty eleven. Yeah. Um, which is which is crazy. It doesn't it doesn't happen. Like what? That's ten year. That's more than ten years ago. So it's not something you see every day. If McDavid's one. Uh, the Ted Lindsay three times since 2017. Drysell has won it once. And going back to 2013, uh, 2014, Crosby won it twice. Ovechkin won it three years in a row. Like, Care Price won it once in 2015. Those are outstanding players on those lists based on the talents and the seasons that they're having. You, you got to think that if it's if it's not McDavid for Hart, then it's, it's McDavid for Lindsay. And if it's not just just Durkin for Hart and it's Matthews, then potentially it can be just Durkin for Ted Lindsay because he is having an outstanding season. And Dom, uh, uh, Dominic Hasek actually, I think, did win it in, in 98, I believe. Yeah, the year that he had the 97 and 98, the two year best years for save percentage, I think, recorded. So, what, what do you think it's got? Um, I don't know. I'm not really big on the. Who's most valuable? Who's most outstanding? I think it should just be if you're the best player in the league at the time, you win it. Usually, 
I think if you win the heart, then you're pretty much a lock to win a, a Lindsay, in my opinion. I think it just comes down to who, in the voters' opinion, is the best player in the league at the time. And I feel like it's kind of split between Matthews, McDavid, Shesterkin, and the other players we listed. But personally, I think I think Matthews should win it just on, based on the season he's having, like Kyle said, and we mentioned before, for 60-goal score since Steven Stamkos. Uh, third Leafs is not the taking the Leafs into consideration, but third Leaf, the third Leaf, hundred point player all time. He's only what six or seven points, or maybe a little more now behind McDavid for league lead in points. So it's not like he's scoring sixty goals, but he's fifty fifty points behind the league leader. Like he's right up there with them, putting up points on a regular basis, putting up goals on a regular basis. So I I think he definitely should be the front runner at this point. For both and also Ted Lindsay is voted by the uh, NHLPA, so obviously yeah, and I mentioned years. yeah, and I mentioned that when I when we first brought up the award thing, yeah. that most of the players in the league seem to be more inclined to say Matthews based on what he's been doing, whereas and the that's people are going back to Kyle's point and your point with voter fatigue and voting for the same players over and over again. Maybe there's a chance that he doesn't get hurt, which I think will be disappointing. I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with voter fatigue. No, I think if, if the player's the best player in the league five years in a row, then he should voted on, then he should win it five years in a row. I don't think you should. Yeah. Not Notable thing there, like Russell that's... Westbrook. Oh, yeah, the triple-double years? where he... Yeah, three triple-doubles in a row, and I think he only won two or one or two or whatever because voter fatigue, they didn't want to vote for him the third year. Give me a break. Can we just take in the back to your guys Matthews talk and the awards, but can we just take in the crazy athletes we have here in Toronto with guys on the Blue Jays like Bichette and Vladdy and guys on Raptors like Scotty Barnes and um Pascal Siakam? That guy's been crazy. And it's been like a washing machine. Van Vliet. Him too. He's been he's been pretty solid. Yeah. And then uh yeah, I think the current stage of Toronto media or not media, Toronto sports, I don't think there's been a period maybe ninety three, but the Raptors weren't around then. But with the Blue Jays and the Leafs at the time, I don't that's I think that's the last the last time that it's been this big with star players, with the Blue Jays World Series champs and the Leafs making it one game away from the Stanley Cup. Yeah, if you win, Kresge. Um, I yeah, because I'm pretty sure what was the last year that the the Jays were good before they kind of did a little rebuild, the 2015, uh, 2016, right? Yeah. And then With Matthews Donald got drafted in 2016. So yeah, I guess 93. I mean, you could argue that early 2000s with Matt Sundin, Vince Carter, and Carlos Delgado, but Raptors were kind of a will-they-won't-they playoff team and the Blue Jays weren't necessarily a playoff team at all. Just the Leafs at that time. I think this is the first time since 93 that all three are really competitive and and like have the star ca- uh, caliber players to push the – to advance farther in the playoffs. And my favorite part about it is they're all homegrown talent. Fred, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, Matthews, Barner, Nylander, Riley – uh, Vladdy, Bo, 
I guess you could throw Kevin Biggio in there. Um, Josh Hernandez really didn't get a chance until he came to Toronto. Uh, Guriel, I, I, didn't Toronto sign him? Yeah, they did sign him. Out of mm-hmm. the like, as an international, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, then you add the pieces like Tavares, Springer. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who would be that on the Raptors. Uh, uh, Ken Birch, maybe. Yeah, I guess who who wants to come uh, yeah, here? Or the, the depth guys they've added. The yeah, and then like like Gary, Gary Trent and Matt Chapman. Yeah. I, I guess you could add Jake Muzzin or TJ Brody in, into that conversation as players who were traded here who want to stay and want to be a part of it. Jack Campbell, maybe, would be a good one. Now, looking ahead, guys, uh, let's just talk about the next two games because, wow, this is going to be an exciting Saturday, Sunday, Easter weekend for us because we're lucky enough to be able to see the Leafs both Saturday night, Rocky Night in Canada, and Sunday night as a rare Sunday home game. Um, What is your guys' takes on the Saturday game and a player who's going to stand out? To you, and what goal you think is going to be starting? Uh, so for the Ottawa game, I am saying Shawgren starts. It's the easier matchup. Uh, no offense to Ottawa, but I think Campbell plays against the Islanders because they're a more uh, high-end team. And then for the Ottawa game, I have Matthews being the standout player. I think he's going to get sixty end up three points on the night and then the islanders game i have uh Nylander being the most uh notorious player getting a goal and an assist um and uh scores what's your prediction for the scores oh right yeah sorry i forgot about that i'm saying leafs win 5-2 against ottawa and win 4-3 against the islanders um we uh we picked these last night a little bit just for the fans uh of this podcast so I'm still gonna stick with mine uh we we know kind of who who's starting tomorrow but uh, Jack Campbell uh, will be my pick for Saturday hockey night in Canada that was the reason as to why I picked it um I'm gonna say six three leaves uh, and Marner being the standout player with one goal to assist uh, and then Sunday versus the Islanders uh Shalgren, um and then 2-1 Toronto uh, with Mikheyev be the standout. And I'm, I'm going to say that because he has one. He's going to score one uh, PK goal. And for tomorrow night, I have Eric Schalgren starting, kind of like Scott. Uh, no offense to Ottawa. I think Islanders are the better team, so they're going to give Schalgren the start there. Uh, 4-3 Leafs. Ottawa always seems to put up a little bit of a fight with the Leafs. So... I think the Leafs are going to squeeze by with a 4-3 win. And Pierre Engvall is going to come out with a one goal and one assist. I've really liked his game as of late. And for Sunday night's game, uh, Campbell, I think, is going to start. Harder matchup for him. Get him ready for the playoffs. 3-2 Leafs. Islanders are a pretty solid defensive team behind Barry Trotz. And Matthews is going to score two goals that night. Um, yeah, so that's a new segment. Uh, we're introducing a little bit uh, 
a little bit more content that we will be sticking with. Uh, one uh, piece of content that we'll be uh, trying to incorporate a little bit is Blue Jays talk as they go on. Uh, so I just want to touch up before we wrap this thing up of Vladdy. I think he had another home run today. Tonight, he's got what five, six home runs already, three in one game. Got his finger stepped on. Like, what's your guys' take on this? Vladdy's just uh, he's a unit. Yeah, he's really really living up to. Uh, people people don't seem to think that he's going to repeat last year and his production, but I I really think he can. Um, he's just an electric player, and we've never really seen someone like him in in our era. Um, and I mean, T. Oscar going down, uh, it's going to be tough, but. Hopefully he'll only be gone a couple weeks, um, so I've heard. But, yeah, Vladdy keeps continuing doing what Vladdy does, and he's in for a uh, – he'll be in for an MVP season, I think. Yeah, it definitely I uh, I think he's going to win MVP this year. Also, just a little correction, you said uh, our era. I am a little bit older than you guys, so I did get to see the past uh, – Delgado before that players. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, what Scott's a little bit older than us by uh, ten years, twenty years. Not even, know. not even close. Dude's full, dude's full gray. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I got a disease. Makes my hair go gray. We'll call him the Silver yeah. Fox. <laughs> it's called being old, buddy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like four years older than you are. What are you? Forty five this November? Or? No, fifty one. Um. But yeah, I think Vladdy is is gonna just continue rolling and 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 dominate the league, and barring uh, no injuries, of course. But yeah, I think he should have at least got first place votes last year, if not won it. There's players around the league who were shocked that he didn't get it or didn't win it. So I think this year he's just gonna keep rolling and and he's gonna win it for sure. Yeah, ain't no way Otani's winning it with his uh, three for twenty eight to start the year. Um. Also, uh, no disrespect to you guys. I understand that I know more about Blue Jays than you, so I'm just going to throw in a name that really stands out to me. Ryan Goins. Uh, don't forget about him. He was a natural talent for the Leafs. Or I meant for the Jays. Just just a pure um, slugger. Uh, great defensively. Yeah, in MLB, the show 17. <laughs> Do you remember Ryan Goins? Do you remember that time that he hit like two or three home runs in three games? Goins, Goins, gone against Cleveland in the playoffs the one year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolute legend. Uh, steal of a pick, still to this day. Although he sucks, his overall sucks. It's I don't know what MLB the show is doing. Like they gotta make this guy an eighty. I don't care if, he if, if you're gonna bring up past Blue Jays legends, then you have to bring up Moonor Kawasaki. Oh my, yeah, you're right. I, I totally just dropped the ball. Still there. throwing those bush parties. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't got the chance to see that for for fans of the game now. Definitely uh, search him up on, on YouTube because he um, – I don't even know how to explain yeah. him, but – And this beast. isn't even like an offense, but Japanese players have the best sound bites ever. Like there was the one guy who played for the Yankees. I can't remember his name. I think he played for the Yankees. And he, he was being interviewed, and they asked him why he was having a bad game, and he said it's because he has diarrhea. 
everybody started <laughs> yeah. laughing. Yeah. But because the cultural differences, he didn't know that they would have found that funny because in Japan, I guess they don't. But like just to come out right out and say, yeah, I played bad because I have diarrhea. You wouldn't see yeah. a North American player even sniff of saying that. They would just be like, it's just a bad game. I would just then, well, yeah, you know what I mean. And I, I guess unless you're Roberto Luongo, and then and you just leave the game. But or Paul Pierce, buddy had to get carted off like Joe oh, yeah. Swanson just to take a dump, and then came back to the game a couple minutes later. Like, holy crap! Maybe um, they should have put on a uh, a nice men's depends or whatever <laughs> for the game. That way they don't have to worry about worry about. Wow, is that what you are at work or? Uh, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I wish the Toronto. Ha- I mean, Toronto does have a fun bullpen or a dugout, but I wish that they had a more Kawasaki on their team. It was just like dancing a, it up. A pure cheerleader. Vladdy's kind of being like that this year. Yeah, just- but Vlad- Vladdy's not doing the robot and then like twerking in the dugout. Munor Kawasaki did that because he got a ground out. Like, <laughs> um, I have noticed though that this team is more. I mean, Buck Martinez and Pat Tabak kept calling them fun because of the age difference. But I'd say they're more, yeah, they're, they're like, they have no care. They just, the camera will flip to the dugout and they're just dancing or they're they're laughing and, and, and celebrating. And then it just seems like they're they're so inclined to just be happy and, and, and excited that they're even in the game that it just, and then it creates an atmosphere for the fans that just gets everybody excited. It just it's Barack, Barack, Barack. Yep, nice. Um, <laughs> Kyle, what's your take? <laughs> just moves on. Sorry, I was, I was distracted by you I'm, trying to spit I'm, out that word. <laughs> I'm definitely not editing that out. It's staying in there for the fans. What was the question again? You distracted uh, me. Uh, what's your take on the on the Jays being a fun atmosphere? Oh, I I love it. I mean, I think that's why you see guys like Springer and Gosman. They they all sign here because they're all they're all happy and a bunch of friggin' sunflower seeds from To on the back of people's heads and neck and um yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I love it. They're they're always so happy, and even when they're losing, they're they're happy. It seems because they know they can they can come back any inning. You know what else was stuck on someone's head? Uh, Aaron Hicks's uh, scouting report on the hitters. You guys see that? He took off his hat and it was stuck on his bald head. He couldn't find it. Oh, gosh. Really? That was all over. Yeah, that was all over Sportsnet and TSN. They were just ripping on the guy. He was so sweaty. It was like 21 degrees there. I don't know if it was, if when Buck Martinez was talking about that, it was Canadian temperature or American temperature, but uh, I would assume he was talking about Canadian temperature because he was talking about Winnipeg. Um, but yeah, he took off his hat and the scouting report was on the back of his head <laughs> and he just couldn't, couldn't find it at all. And Buck Martinez and Pat Tabler were just laughing at him. And then Pat, Pat Tabler was like, oh, I was talking to him before the game. And he said that he's got an issue with the scouting reports being stuck to his head. Um, keep dying your hair, time. buddy. Every player. <laughs> yeah. is, is, keep dying your hair. Is, uh, Pat Tabler in, like, does he travel with the team or does he still do it from home? Because I know oh, he's the, the opening series they did, Dan, uh, Dan Shulman. So I just didn't know if he, yeah, he traveled. Probably because Pat he... Dabler was being a dugout reporter. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, I didn't think maybe he didn't want to come to Canada. That's why he started with the Yankee series. Oh, yeah, that's Canada. right. And then Kyle, were you watching the game? I was. It was, it was, was a pretty good game. Was Pat Tabler there? Uh, To be honest with you, I don't even know if I... Yeah, no one pays attention to him anyways. I don't... <laughs> No offense to him. I was, yeah, he wasn't the. Yeah, no the, offense to him. Your hair is somehow orange. You're dying it blonde, yeah. but it's coming on orange. No one pays attention to him, and no one can understand what Buck Martinez is saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was funny. Personal story: My girlfriend was watching the game with me when uh, Santiago Espinal caught that uh, might be a bucket catch over top of his shoulder, and Buck Martinez says something, and my girlfriend she's like, "How do you understand what this guy's saying? You don't." <laughs> You just hope that you do. Yeah. No one understands what those two are saying. That's why I like Dan Schulman. But I also like Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez, not Pat Dabler. Shout out to Hazel May. Keep doing your thing. Yeah. And then the other sports night guys like Arden Swelling and, and the other reporters. Oh, and Rash Madani, too. Ben Nicholson Smith or whatever, too. Yeah. That guy's a genius. Yeah. He looks like he's 14. That guy's a genius. He knows everything. Yeah, he's just up there, right? Like he's he's at the game. He's just typing so much on his computer to the point that like Pat Tabler and Buck Martinez was pointing him out, or uh, sorry, Dan Schulman. <laughs> it's like, well, you jealous, buddy? Like, anyways, let's uh, um, let's, hold on. let's just, put a wrap on this. What what's your guys? I don't know if we mentioned this in the first one or not, but what's your opinion on the new uh, what's it called the 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 communication device between the catcher, the pitcher, and the infielders? The oh, you know, the voice recorder one. Yeah. Oh, that's sick as heck. I I don't know. It's 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 oh, something different. Yeah, <laughs> I like the old school stuff. Uh, let's go back to the signs. I don't and, know. And the trash cans. Yeah, yeah. like, well, were you a fan of the Astros when they won the World Series? Were you no, the fan but, on the trash can? Or I I just like the old old school baseball, like these new things that they're coming out with. It's. Uh, it's different. I don't. I don't like change. For the fan, Kyle actually is the youngest one, but you'll never know that by that opinion. It seems like he's as old as like I don't know an eighty-year-old baseball fan. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, Pitchcom seems cool as hell. I I like that they're changing it. Fuck you, Houston. Um, and uh, you guys are cheaters, but we love George Springer. Um. Yeah, and to the Yankees fan who is pointing out that we have a cheater, you also have one with Marwan Gonzalez, so maybe sit this one out. Yeah, and you also, um, I don't know. Oh, uh, and uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah, really. Who was on the Astros, have, but was spider Trek. You remember last year when Garrett Cole went on like 14 games where he just sucked so bad because they, they caught him using spider Tech. Um, Yeah, the Yankees are just that team that just pays and still somehow just doesn't win. You guys well, should besides the 29 championships, they have one. No, I'm talking about a recent day. Oh. I'm not Kyle. Uh, I'm not yeah. talking about 1921. Hey, yeah, the last yeah, time yeah. they won was what, 98, 2001, some of that? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, I'm talking about like Aaron Judge. Yeah, we're least fans. 67. <laughs> we always get that point out to us. So Yeah, true, I guess. Um, anyway, just real quick. I think I think it's, it's cool. And it, I think it improves the game because it, it hinders cheating. But I think they need to tweak it. Because there does seem to be a lot of issues, whether it's the, the the how loud the fans are, or or the just glitches in the system that cause them to have to go back to the old hand signal. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true, okay. but um, I also think while we're talking about new technology, Kyle, you're going to hate me for this. Let's bring in the robotic arms. Yeah, let's bring in iPhone. The arms suck. Kyle, Kyle, those are newer day phones, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have a flip phone or one of those ones that you have to pull the antenna out the top? Yeah, it's a Nokia. Nokia. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it's still attached to the wall with the cord. You can only go three feet from the wall. Yeah, do you have one with uh, when you have to put your finger in and slide all the way to the nine? The I, I actually think it's just a nail and chisel on stone. <laughs> it's just one of those, like, you put one up to your mouth, put one up to your ear. Uh, yeah, with a string, yeah. <laughs> it just, he that's, sticks that's his head out the window. That's how we do this podcast, actually. Kyle just uh, <laughs> chimes in with his uh, cannon string. He yeah. just sticks his head out the window and yells and hopes that anybody hears it. Kyle's going to be Anthony Anderson in that gif tonight. He's just going to be oh, yeah, curled up on his couch with his, uh, <laughs> with his pillow and his blanket just crying <laughs> so much. It's not that I have anything against this new technology. It's just Oh, like, here we go. We made a mad. It's just like I'm, <laughs> I'm still adapting to it, okay? I'm, I'm still <laughs> adapting to this change. Uh, so what's your opinion on the umpires being able to, like with the mics and, and calling out all the calls they have to review? I, I think that's kind of cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you didn't like change, buddy. Uh, The mic's cool. It kind of reminds me. Got him. How hockey is nowadays, but. In our next segment, we're going to talk about donations. What? In our next segment, we're going to talk about donations. Instead of donating us money, uh, we'll give you Kyle's address and we'll give him some tissues. Uh, (laughs) All night. We don't need that. We need just so I can upgrade from my Nokia flip phone. To yeah. or, they, they could just send you their old phones that no longer work, and you can get a picture of what modern technology looks like. Oh, there we go. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, he's actually crying. I can hear it in his voice. <laughs> um, all right, let's close this thing up so Kyle can, uh, Kyle can mourn this. Fill up the bathroom. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, just to close it up, we got the donation portion. Uh, as mentioned before, we have a link in our uh, social media accounts uh, at Leafs Forever Pod on Twitter, uh, Leafs Talk Forever on Instagram. Donate whatever you can. We're not asking for much, 10 cents, 50 cents, a dollar, whatever. We have a PayPal account. Uh, those actually get turned back into giveaways. Um, we do have merch uh, with the partnership with Inside the Rink. Go follow them on all social medias. Uh, view our podcast on their website. Our podcast is live on all platforms besides Google. We haven't got permission yet. Um, so buy merch. It's 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 a good deal. It has our logo on it. Uh, that money that we get from it will just go back into giveaways and and uh, helping us just improve this pod. Uh, social media, as, as mentioned, um, S- Scott really wants to stress the fact that uh, one of us will, will answer if, if you comment or or message us. Uh, we've got also, follow. If you have any if you have any ideas for segments or things you want us to talk about, let us know so we can incorporate it into into the podcast. Yeah, I agree. We we actually have this. Uh, I believe they're offside hockey. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he's at least seems like a least fan. He puts on videos before the game, and, and it would be kind of cool to see what he could do uh, if we had him on. For a live stream during the playoffs or whatever oh yeah and if you, uh, you have any people that you might want us to try to interview obviously we're a newer podcast so it might not work out right now but if you have any any people you wanted to interview when it comes to time that we're doing interviews then let us know and we'll try to try to get them on 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I tried to uh, throw a bone to uh, Darcy Tucker today, but we need the uh, power of social media to try and get him on. Um, other than that, it is Easter weekend. I'm not exactly sure how Easter weekend works in, in the States and Europe. I know we have some listeners from the United States and Germany, um, but it is Easter weekend in Canada, so our pod won't probably be Monday. It will probably be Tuesday night just so we can enjoy it with our families. Uh, if you're listening and you have Easter this weekend anywhere in the world, enjoy it. Um, hopefully the Easter buddy's nice to you. Um, other than that, take care and we'll, uh, I guess we'll see you Wednesday. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys. Thank you.